to Business Mentorship Keeping It Real, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in our guest blog found on shareyourstories.online. Our guest is Kim Lawton, an award-winning marketing consultant, a speaker, and a philanthropist. And we're going to discuss how Kim helps her clients bring their brand to life and connects with their customers. And she joins us from New York. Welcome. Hello. Well, it's such a thrill to have you with us today, Kim, because I know that, listen, post-pandemic, we're all trying to find ways to bring our brand to life and connect with customers. And you've had quite a stellar career in being able to do that with lots of Fortune 100 companies. So give us our viewing and listening audience a little bit of an idea as to how you decided to make the jump into entrepreneurship. You got it. Um, it was it was really by chance. Um, I I actually had the opportunity to be an entrepreneur when I was 14 years old when I asked my dad, or I shouldn't say I asked, I told my dad that he wasn't really running his pizza shop very well. And I had some ideas and he handed me the keys. And then he said, you must work with your two older brothers, which was um, a bit of a shock because we were not the best of friends at that age. Um, <laughs> we were arch enemies. And he put the he put us all in charge of running this pizza place and said, you know, tell me what you want to do. And he put everyone in a, in a different role. What I uncovered at that young age was specialties, right? I had the ideas of what to put on the menu, how to get people in the door. And my my middle brother was the business guy. He was the finance. And the other one was the chef. He had all the ideas on what to do. And so it was a big moment that I didn't know I was learning at the time <laughs> that yeah. all of those things mattered. Until fast forward, I was graduated from school, didn't really know what capacity of marketing or advertising I wanted to be in. I was you know, seeing everything like the Mad Men days. I want to be an advertising agency and work at an ad, ad agency. And I, I got a job at a um, Village Voice Media, but advertising there was selling advertising. So I was I was hustling and going to bars and restaurants and talking about how we could bring their um, marketing to life in in the newspaper, if, if you can believe it. And I, I was like, wow, this is not what I thought advertising was. <laughs> and that led me to meeting, which is an, an interesting story in of, of itself as well. My first, what I would call boss and mentor was the owner that I, or the co-founder of the first agency I started. So Wow, that's cool. Yeah, but it was that same mentality of, I realized the skills that he had, he realized the skills that I had from operations and seeing ideas come to life. I knew how to take point A to point B and, and get it to the, what I'd call execution phase. Sure. And he knew how to get clients in the door. So we had this like perfect blend of skills. And then I set step back and I was like, wow, this is what it is. You need others around you that do something that you don't do to make it happen. We worked together at many agencies. And I always say um, we kept a journal of all the things we would do if we had our own company. Like, you know, you teach your kids the to tips. do yeah, Exactly. The tips for sure. And that just became the genesis of starting the agency. We sat at a kitchen table and said, if we had our own agency, let's do it. And he said, I want to do it. I said, please bring me with you. And we started the first, um, what I'll call 
experiential agency that was all about consumer first. Good for you. Yeah. And we started with one client, two clients, three clients, and, and let and it grow. Let it grow. Yeah. And um, really, I'll, I'll say it was very, we were very fortunate to grow like that where we didn't get too big too fast. We were able right. to hire at the sure. right times. Sure. And that's always scary because now it's like more mouths to feed. For sure. Well, you know, I think your dad taught you how to stay in your lane, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. What, a, what a great experience because you've been able to take that from, you know, learning that. And so your very first opportunity and you probably still do that now. Staying in your lane and knowing like, like back to the brother comment, we're, we're now much better friends, but we didn't necessarily have the best relation. Like it's okay right. to not... Right necessarily yeah. like they have to be your friend or right it's right. like you can see the expertise in someone you know look beyond that and and know that you guys can all bring something to the table and i think there's so often friends get into business together and then and they it don't doesn't really work <laughs> right? yeah. yeah exactly but that's a really wonderful point to to bring to light is that you know being in business with someone who's got a different level of expertise who may even be smarter than you in certain areas, right? It's just that you're able to, you, the synergies are in the way that you work together. Correct. And that's what brings it to the level, next level of success, right? Right. And, and then you're almost like you're supporting each other because right. you, exactly. you, you want them in the room with you. you want, you're not trying to compete. And I've seen that with founders too, or, or partners, I should say, of where they almost have a, the same skill. And then it becomes competitive and then the yeah. businesses break up. And I, I, I've been so fortunate to have found partners in the businesses that I work with that have like lifted me up into new levels. And, right. and hopefully that's vice versa as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, no, one of the wonderful things that you mentioned is that you had a mentor early on in your career. And one of the things that you've actually dovetailed into your own business is being a mentor for others. So give us a little few highlights into how you bring mentorship into the fold. Absolutely. And I, I talk a lot with our, especially our intern team when they come in of the importance of mentors and that mentors mm -hmm. aren't going to just tell you what to do. And there's, there's three types that you should always look for or have in your corner. And I call it the three C's. It's a coach, a counselor, and the cheerleader. And knowing the value of each of those, because some days you just need a cheerleader. You need to be like, I had a bad day. I don't know what's going on. I need like, I need someone to just rally around me and just not give me advice. Yeah, for sure. For then sure. the counselor is more like what I would say your guidance counselor of like, experience shares when I, and so someone that can, can, has walked in the shoes maybe, or had similar um, experiences in whether it's life or, or business or, or, or just even like what I say is like the financial side, right? Like, am I looking at this? Is this the normal thing? But instead of just saying, yes, it's more like when our company did that or when my, like, and, and really showing how they may have approached it. So not necessarily, again, just saying, here's the path to go. And then the coach, the coach is the one that pushes you, pushes you out of your comfort zone, just like a, a, a sports coach, right? Like yeah, it knows, sure. knows you're capable, but maybe you don't, you're not there yet and can just really. And so if you can put those like what I'll call monikers in your head of like, oh, this person really pushes me. I want to ask them to be a mentor. And 
I see that often when people hear mentor, they're almost like, oh, well, I, I really um, admire this person or they're my hero. And it's like, you know, you need to look for mentors that are actually going to give you valuable information to help. Yeah, practical, you. right? And know, yeah, and know the questions to ask and know how to tap into them. Also, so many people are willing to give their time and their energy. And that's what's been so fulfilling just close on your question about the enthused foundation and the community of entrepreneurs we've built in reality, we're the platform. They're all helping each other. And it's so fulfilling to see that magic happen where someone will jump on a call and say, you know, I'm struggling to get distribution at this retail store because it's costing me so much and my numbers and someone else will answer like be like, oh, this is what I did. This is how I got around that. This is this is the way that I looked at, at the business in that stage when I was there. And you see it. And then someone else will jump in with an experience share. And and yeah. and it's it's so incredible. And um that value and what I'm calling mentorship is is all about peer-to-peer mentorship. Yeah, it's it's almost symbiotic, right? So you know, I know something, you know something, and then we share information together and then we both learn something in the end, right? That's right. beneficial to both of us. So I right. mean I love that model where you're you have a symbiotic relationship. It's not just it's not top down, it's also bottom up. And I love your your reference to peer because that's like side to side, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, which really makes it a, a, a wonderful circle. And it kind of takes the pressure off too, where right. sometimes we feel we have to have all the answers and say, well, you know, here's what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and What's going wrong? I can't figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And then the, the foundation also, in addition to mentorship, we were really wanting to use our voice as a marketing agency to get the message out there of how small the capital is out there for women-owned businesses. It's two mm-hmm. percent, and it hasn't grown. Uh, we've been watching it for the seven years we've been running the the foundation, and you know, th- even if it gets to three percent, that's still so tiny, and right. it just kind of teeters between two and three percent of VC funding. And not every entrepreneur needs VC funding, but what we've learned is they're even afraid to ask. Ask, yeah, right? so, so true. Afraid to show up. And so we put a lot of effort, not only in the awareness of how small the investment is, it's more so about how to how to, you know, give the tools and confidence to show up and, and ask, even if it's a bank, like showing your business plan, knowing that because if you lack confidence, that that you'll never get the money. Right. And yeah. And even just the business idea itself. So that's right. been really um a big in what I'll say focus point for us as well. So community of mentors, um, how to show up and really ask for the money. And then in addition to that, the awareness side of using our marketing voice for good. Yeah. And execute the plan, right? Yes. Because that's the really, you know, you go in with a business plan, which is only one part of it. And then you've got, you know, do the presentation, we say, when you you get a little bit more comfortable and you've got your points locked and loaded that you want to make. But then once you've been successful and you've got the money, then you have to execute all these wonderful ideas. And I'm sure that's where you come in and helping them with the marketing skills to be able to make that connection. So, you know, in today's day and age, I think where everyone is overwhelmed, right? We're in the scrolling kind of marketing phase. I always say when I started my first business, believe it or not, it was traditional marketing, newspaper, magazine, radio and TV. That was it. 
Was- and you know what? And it was so expensive that when you, you know, you first hit the pavement, you're like, I don't have any money to do that. I've got it. What are my options? But right. now we're seeing things come full circle because there's so many options with social media. So is there a tip that you can give to someone who's listening to our conversation who may be an entrepreneur or maybe they're an enterprise leader and they're looking for new ways to make connections with customers? Mm-hmm. How do they do that with all of these platforms that are now available? I would say those, in addition to all the platforms, now there's artificial intelligence. There's reason, There's so much yeah. and just- consider to consider and, and to put in, in front of consumers. It's, it's going to be simple, <laughs> and but it's like talk to your best customers. I think often we forget that there's a human actually making the purchase and it, we get so, and I do it too. We get wrapped up in a data report. We get wrapped up in the analysis or, you know, the, what's happening. You, you look in your Google analytics and you're seeing all these things, but it's like, there is a person behind there that's actually, putting their credit card down or putting the dollar across the cash register. And I find it fascinating how many brands do not do that. They do not get in front of their customers and say, why are you buying five products a month? What is so special about this brand? And if you can do that, even just on simple levels through CRM or, you know, following up, it's not just giving another coupon to buy another project. It's literally like, I want to hear from you. Like I, a connection, right? Exactly. Yeah. And and you know what that came from? That came from that experiential lens. I could see our when we would design a creative concept of what it would look like, and then you would see it come to life, and you would see the consumer actually interacting with it. It was magic because you could see what you designed was actually working and some not so working, but you knew what was changing. Like, you're like, wait, people are just passing by us and they're not stopping. Like what's that? And then you start talking to people. And I I do think, especially today in our digitally native consumers, if you talk to the people and I I've, I've seen it even with my daughter, like she'll scroll and she'll like, I'm buying this makeup because this person's a celebrity and this, and then she gets it and it's, terrible products. And like, and then she's like, and never used it. And I said, well, and she goes, yeah, because you know, it, I didn't like it or this, or it didn't go on creamy, whatever her reason. Right, but, right. Like, but like we buy things because we're conditioned to feel like it's a good product and it didn't work for her. Her feedback to that would be beneficial. Right. Yeah. And, and she was willing to give it. Sure. Just no opportunity. Right. You know, remember, I'll use the phrase the old days. You remember when in the days gone by when we used to do focus groups, right? Yes. You would get a bunch of consumers in the room and there would be a facilitator and we would literally talk about the product or service. Yes. So do you think that the reason why business owners don't do that is because they're afraid to hear what the customer might say and then they won't know how to handle the objection? Absolutely. And I've seen that even with some clients where we will come in and share an observation of this is how your brand is really showing up with with people, like with real people that are, whether they're um, consuming a rum in a bar or restaurant or coffee at a cafe. And, and because it might not be the vision they have for their brand, they d- almost don't want to hear it. Right. And it's not that they don't agree with it. It's more like, but I, 
created this and I need it to be this. And it's like, yeah, my vision is not marrying with the act with reality. Right. But if you have really savvy brand, brand managers or CMOs that really want to know what's going on and they get out there and they walk the store. I was walking grocery stores this week and, and seeing not only customers engaging with the brands, but seeing this, the, the, the managers of the store of what right. they cared about, where they were spending their time and like how they were interacting and what they cared about, what their store looked like. That's important too, because if you have a, if your brand is displayed at an account or whether it's Sephora makeup or it, you need to make sure you're walking those stores and seeing what your brand looks like, because that could be um, a problem too. So give us an, an example. And I love how we're, we're talking about the physic physicality of life, because, you know, we've all spent a lot of time, you know, staying away from the bricks and mortar locations. And we all know that, you know, everybody wants to engage. We all want to talk to people. We all want to get out there and, you know, meet the salesperson or talk to the distribution manager or the, whoever the case may be. Right. If you've got a digital brand, so you're doing everything online because there's a whole new frontier of people that don't actually uh, physically engage with the client because they're doing business online. So right. would an on like a focus group or how do they connect with the consumer who's maybe even in another country and they're shipping their product, you know, because that's become so easy to do now. Is right. there is there a tip that you can give for those folks who have built a digital brand? How do they connect with the consumer? Absolutely. There's um, there's ways of there's reviews, right? You could review a product. I think there's also ways just like we're having this conversation. We're not in the same room. You can get yeah. those consumers on a Zoom or on a virtual right. call. And um, I've seen some brands do that very successfully that are all DTC brands. They'll say, um, would you like to be part of a panel of a new innovation? I love this idea when brands are coming out with something new to almost invite their best customers to say, hey, I want to give you a sneak peek before this gets to the market. And even if it's already designed and developed and put, you know, you're, but giving them that, what I'd say, early access giving them the opportunity to join others that are using that product or what I'd call brand fans, they're your best opportunity to say, like, I was part of the launch of that product. Right. And, and what wonderful then advertisers for you, because they're going to tell their friends and family that they were part of this amazing experience. Right. And I'm not saying don't invest in influencers that can have this massive sure. reach. It's really just how you um, really support and, and push your the closest to the customer mentality, because right. that small group of consumers is probably 80% of your business. So true. That's so true. Now for you, for Kim, I mean, you've been in business a long time. You have a lot of experience. You've helped a lot of people push the envelope and reach their own level of success. I'm going to ask a personal question to you and your own vision for the future. Where do you see yourself in three years? Because I mean, I would venture to guess that both of us have similar backgrounds and you reach an age and stage in life and you go, okay, so yes, you know, you've ticked off all the boxes of the things that you wanted to do. What's next for Kim? What's next for me is really putting more time into the foundation. If you would have asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have said, I'm going to Napa. I'm going to work on a, on a right. winery and I'm right. going to be enjoying the beautiful scenery. Right. Um, 
not only do I know I can do more for the community, it's so fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And, and to see that small things can go such a long way. Yeah. And, um, in three years, I would love to be bored being able to go out there and fundraise. We, we, the agency is supporting the foundation right now. So having that vision of this could be so much bigger. I know that I could do more for and that. And collaborating with other, with other business, you know, women in business. you know, businesses. I, yeah. we had one of our first community members actually sell their business to a fantastic. Like, and now she's a consultant and she's oh, how fantastic. So it's just this like regeneration and this cycle that is so rewarding. But also I think for me personally, to your question, it is, I know we can do so much more. And right. so focusing time and effort there is going to be um, the big thing that I see myself doing in three years. Well, I, I really want to thank you for spending some time with us today, Kim, because you know, not only have you given our viewing and listening audience some great tips on how to elevate their brand and connect with the consumer, but you've really given people some things to think about in terms of your three C's for mentorship, which I absolutely love. So I'd really like to thank you for spending some time with us and sharing your expertise. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It was, it was lovely. And then to your viewing and listening audience, I'd like to thank you for joining us today for this edition of Keeping It Real, where we introduce you to the person behind the logo. If you'd like to connect with our guest, you'll find Kim's contact information in the description portion below. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series. And if you're interested in sharing your business story, visit our website at shareyourstories.online and subscribe to our channel, Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. Thanks again for tuning in and we look forward to meeting you next time when we share another great idea. Everything is not enough. Really hard.